This is a teaching from Grace River Church in O'Fallon, Missouri. Our prayer is that this sermon will help inspire you to take the next step of your faith with Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up? My name is Chris Heifel. I'm lead pastor here at Grace River Church. Thank you so much for checking us out online at home. And so today uh, we're on week three of a series we're calling Didn't See It Coming. And uh, man, there are just situations that happen in our lives that we just simply didn't see coming from time to time. And we're actually doing a study in the life of Joseph in the Old Testament. He's in the book of Genesis. Uh, we're going to dive into that in just a second, but I wanted to let you know a few things coming up in the life of our church. We've got this gigantic Easter egg helicopter drop. We're going to be dropping 50,000 plus eggs out of the sky on Saturday, April 9th at 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock at Car Shield Field. You can register for this event at our website at graceriver.cc forward slash egg drop. And so we'd love for your family to come and join us for that special event. It's going to be awesome. If you're a part of Grace River, we'd love to have you help us with this event. Uh, we're expecting 5,000 people to attend this. And so we need your help. And so you can register to volunteer uh, at graceriver.cc forward slash egg drop volunteer. We need your help for this. It's going to be awesome. And then one last thing before we dive in. Easter is going to be just off the chain here at Grace River Church. We have five services that we're offering, five in-person services, one online service. It's going to be an awesome Easter here at Grace River. You will not want to miss it. Uh, we're going to start that weekend on Friday night, have a service on Saturday night, and also have three services on Sunday mornings. You will not want to miss Easter at Grace River Church. It's because of the hope of Jesus that we can celebrate Easter, and I hope that you can join us. Make sure that you don't come alone. Be thinking about who you can invite to Easter. This is going to be an absolutely awesome service that you will not want to miss. And so let's jump right into our teaching today. Didn't see it coming. Uh, we're picking this story up. Joseph is the, the second youngest of 12 brothers, and uh, he got a special coat or a nice robe from his parents, a coat of many colors. They were super jealous. His brothers were. I don't know if you've ever been jealous of a sibling, but they actually hated him is what the Bible had to say. And so they even plotted to kill him, to murder him, but instead... They sold him into slavery, and so that's what we talked about in week one. Week two, we talked about now that he's a slave, he, he actually found himself at the very bottom of the food chain in a guy named Potiphar's house, and he worked all the way up to the top, uh, and he became the second in command in, tire, in, tire, in charge of his entire household. And then he was accused of raping Potiphar's wife. And so she made an advance on him. It didn't actually, you know, it wasn't intentional on his part. In fact, he ran away as, as he runs away. His, his robe is in her hands, and he's, he looks like he's cheated, you know, like, like he's done something wrong. And the reality is he hadn't. But here he is. Now he's in prison in Egypt. And so uh, just one thing that he didn't see coming after another, after another, and after another. And so now here he is in prison. He's been there for a while, and that's where the story picks up. He's going to get some new inmate friends in prison, uh, the baker and a cupbearer of, uh, of the king of Egypt. And so follow along with me, Genesis chapter 40, verses 1 through 3. Sometime later, uh, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master, and Pharaoh became angry with these two officials, and he put them in prison where Joseph was. And so just a reminder, Joseph's in prison, as we talked about. Uh, and uh, now he's got two new inmates that are close uh, to Pharaoh, and so who was king at the time, in the place of the captain guard. And so uh, that's where the story picks up. Then in verse 4, uh, they remained in prison for quite some time, and the captain of the guard assigned to them, to Joseph, who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a, a dream one night, and each dream had its own meaning. Now, what's interesting is, is Joseph at this time has actually not, he's actually climbed the ranks even in prison. Joseph was in charge of the other inmates. And each of these two new inmates, uh, the cupbearer and the baker, 
both had dreams and they didn't understand what the dreams meant. Now, one of the things that, uh, that Joseph actually specialized in was being able to tell people what their dreams actually meant. Wouldn't that be kind of a cool thing to be able to explain to people what their dreams meant? That was one of the gifts that Joseph had. He could explain what a dream meant really as prophecy foretelling what the future would be. And so, uh, so he starts uh, by talking to the cupbearer and, he, and the cupbearer explains the dream to him. And so he relays back to the, the cupbearer what the dream means. He says, this is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift, up, lift you up and restore you to the position as the chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favor when things go well for you. So Joseph interprets this, this cupbearer's dream and says, hey, listen, I got good news for you. You're going to get out of prison really soon. And, and when you get out of prison, he's like begging. Joseph's like, listen, I don't belong here. I should not be here. Can you please find a way for me to get out of prison? He's looking for his get out of jail free card. And he's just saying, don't forget me. And then he tells the baker his dream. And he goes on to say, mention to Pharaoh, this is the cupbearer still, mention to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place for I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. He's talking about when his brother sold him into slavery, he didn't deserve to be here. And he's saying, please don't forget me when you get out of prison. And then he talks to the baker. So this is what the dream means. He's, he's talking to the baker. Joseph told him, the three baskets also represent three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. Not such good news for the baker. The cupbearer had good news because he's getting out of prison. The baker is going to die. And so then the birds will come and peck away at your flesh. And so that's a little disturbing, right? Um, and that's why there's moments in the Bible that are PG-13 and maybe even close to rated R, right? And so, uh, but what's crazy is that obviously... Joseph doesn't spend any time trying to convince the baker uh, to try to get him out of prison because he realizes the baker doesn't have good, Pharaoh, good favor with Pharaoh. And so all these things actually come, come to pass in Genesis chapter 40, verse 20. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all of his officials and his staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the officials. And so he says, okay, the cupbearer and the baker... They're coming out of prison. They're going to come join the officials. And then he restored the chief cupbearer, just like Joseph had dreamed about, to his former position. So he's the cupbearer, again, which is essentially someone who tastes the king's food uh, before he eats the food. It was a way, uh, one of the ways that kings could be killed during this time period would have been if somebody would have poisoned him. And so you, what you would have is you would have a cupbearer that would taste your food and drink before you ate it. That way they knew if something happened, they were going to die. Pretty crazy gig, right? So he could again hand Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker just as Joseph had predicted when he interpreted the dream. And so again, everything is spot on that Joseph had interpreted here, right? And so Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Man, I don't know if you've ever been forgotten. I don't know if you've ever been in a position where you felt alone. But if you have, I want you to know this story and this talk is for you. And so can I pray for you before we go any further? I'm going to pray that this, this lands on a soft heart today uh, and that you're able to take some next steps as you meet, know, and follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, I'm thankful for my friends that are watching today. Help each of us, God, uh, that may feel like we've been forgotten. Lord, we know that you're right there with us, you're right there beside us, and that we're not alone. And so, God, we say we trust you today. We give you our lives. And God, we hold nothing back from you. It's in Jesus' name we pray all this. Amen. So, 
How is it, I got a question to open up with, how can we tell if your hope is in your plan or if your hope is in God? So I think that sometimes we have a really great plan for our own lives. I know that I do a good job planning my own life, right? And I, I got things set up the way that I think they should go. And I, I play a really good lowercase God in my life. And I think that you probably do the same. We're, we're really good at, at doing that. But the reality is, is that you and I aren't God. And so how do I know, uh, how can we tell if your hope is in your plan or your hope is in God? And my hope for you today is that each of us would shift from putting too much trust, too much stock, too much investment in our own plan. And instead, we're trusting the plan of the one who wrote us into this life. That is God's plan. And so uh, how do I know if I'm trusting God's plan or my plan? Really, it boils down to two things. What I'm giving time and attention to. The two things that I know uh, that, that help me boil down just what it is and how I can know if I'm putting way too much stock in my plan or God's plan is how much time have I spent and how much attention have I spent on my plan? If I'm planning something out and I'm working it out, then I, I spend a lot of time and a lot of attention. But if it's God's plan, the question is, how much have you really prayed about your situation? How much have you really prayed about the difficult spot that you find yourself in? Or if you feel like you're Joseph, I mean, let's relay this back to him for just a moment. Joseph had a plan. What was his plan? To get out of prison. And that's not unreasonable, right? He's in a dungeon. He's in a dark place, right? Uh, physically and metaphorically. And he is begging the chief cupbearer, please do not forget me. His plan was, I will interpret your dream. I'll do this good deed with the hope that I will get out of prison. And man, how many times have we made bargains like this? You'll do a good deed. You'll talk to God about it. And you'll say, God, I'm a good person. I did this for you. Can you not just help me out just a little bit? And that's not really the way God's plan works because God may just have us in the dungeon for this little while, not so that we can get out, but so that we can invite him into our darkest places of our hearts. And I wonder today if that's your next step. If your next step is just simply to invite him into the darker places of your heart that you don't even like to go visit yourself. And so what we're going to find out is that, unfortunately, Joseph will go on to spend two more years in prison, two more years in the dungeon. But the good news is this, is that in that two-year time period, I believe that God was doing something in his heart, and God was also doing something on the outside of prison as well, because we're going to find out, as we talk about next week, that God prepared Joseph for something amazing later, because he was able to save millions of people's lives, because there was a gigantic famish coming a famine coming where there wouldn't be any crops that would grow. And God used Joseph with his, with his ability to be able to interpret dreams. God used him uh, to be able to save nations. And I wonder today what it is that God could be doing in the dungeon in your life. Is he preparing you for something greater? And the answer is yes. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25 says, The Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. So again, how do I know if I'm trusting in God's plan or my plan? It really boils down to two things, time and attention. We talked about that. It boils down to time and attention. And the Lord is good to those who depend on him, to those who search for him. And so my question is, how well are you doing at searching after God? So, man, what do we need to do to, uh, what do we need, what do, what do we need to do to get, get according to God's plan in our own life? What do we got to do to figure this out? The first thing is we have to trust, 
We have to trust God to do for us what our plans could never do for ourselves. We simply have to trust God to do what, he, what we could never do with our own plans. And I think about this in my own life. I've had great plans for my life, and God has interrupted them. And at the moment, at the time, I did not understand why. But I knew on the back end that it was going to be absolutely better for me. And I think that you've been down those same roads before. You've prayed about something, and God didn't answer the prayer that you wanted, the way that he wanted him to answer it. And it left you devastated. But the reality is, years later, you realize, wow, I can see now why God did what he did. And that leads us to Genesis chapter 41, verse 1. Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on the bank of the Nile River. And that's where the story gets picked up, because what's interesting is Pharaoh has a dream that he has a hard time interpreting. He doesn't know what the dream means. And he, he brought different sorcerers and magicians in front of him to help him figure out what the dream meant. And then the cupbearer remembered Joseph two years later. And so it's incredible because it took two years, but he was remembered. He wasn't completely forgotten. So we got to trust uh, God to do for us what our plans never could. Man, there, there are things that are happening in our lives that we're not going to understand on this side of heaven. But what's really important is that we got to see that we can trust in this God who wrote us into this life and be able to say, God, I, I, I give it all to you. I trust you with the dungeon moment. And again, maybe, I'm going to say this one more time in case you didn't get it, but maybe the dungeon moment is happening in your life not to get you out of the dungeon, but to invite God into the dungeon to invite God into the darkness and the darker places of your life. And so uh, we have to start, though, by trusting God to do for us what our plans could never do on our own. The second thing we have to look at, we, got to look, look forgot, we need to be looking for forgotten people in our lives. I mean, think about it like this. Joseph was completely forgotten about. His brothers had forgotten about him, right? Potiphar, the slave owner, had forgotten about him. Uh, other prisoners, the, the cupbearer and the, and the baker, had forgotten about him. Well, the baker died right? That's too bad. But the cupbearer forgot about him. And so how many people are in our lives that are seemingly just forgotten about? And we could be looking and searching every single week to go, man, who is it in my life that's lonely? Who is it in my life that's empty? Who is it in my life that feels like that God has just forgotten them? And how could it be? Maybe it could be that God is sending you into their lives to help remind them that they're not alone, to help remind them that they're not forgotten. And so I always like to end a sermon with some really clear next steps. And I've got four of them for you today to, to really pray and consider and think about. Really, they're really in the form of questions today. So four questions. What plans do I need to loosen my grip on? What plans are happening in your life that you've got a really tight grip on that you need to take a looser grip and go, okay, God, I'm just trusting you with this. I'm trusting you with my insecurities. I'm trusting you with my future. I'm trusting you with my family. Like, what is it? I'm trusting you with my finances. What do you need to loosen the grip on in your own life? And I really believe we each have something that we can loosen this grip on. And so the second question is, is where is my hope found? Is my hope found in my circumstances? Is my hope found in how people feel about me? Is my hope found in my money? Like what is our hope in? And my, my, my plea to you today is that your hope is in the idea that there's a God who is absolutely crazy about you. In fact, he's so crazy about you that he sent his only son from heaven to earth to hit the delete button on your sins. And so maybe today's the day for you that you go, all right, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting 
in his plan, not my plan. I'm taking a, I'm taking a looser grip with my plan and I'm going to go, man, my hope is not found in my stuff. My hope is not found in the applause of people. Instead, my hope is found in this idea that there's a God who is absolutely crazy about me. The third question is, is who in my world feels forgotten? Who is it that's in my world and your world that feels like they've just been left alone and forgotten? And maybe it's your job to run into their lives and let them know that they're loved and cared for. And I, I think you should send the text today. Make the phone call today. Plan the visit today. Like find a way to let them know that God is crazy about them and that they're not forgotten. And then the fourth and last question is, how could I show up, show up for them better? Like what could I do to show up in their lives better? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to pray for your next step. And one of these questions probably hits you just right. And so would you just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment? And I just got to wonder, man, which one of these four questions kind of stuck in your heart? And once you've figured that one out, I just want you to pray about just that one. You know, once you've really realized what your next step is, the question that kind of stumped you the most is your next step. Would you just pray and say, God, I invite you into this. God, I'm trusting you with this. Maybe today you're the one that feels forgotten. I want you to know that you're not forgotten. That God loves you. He's crazy about you. And maybe today's the day you begin to search for him. Maybe today's the day that you, that you put aside your pride, you put aside your hurt, your habits, your hang-ups, and you say, you know what? I'm going all in with him. I don't know what your next step is, but I'm going to pray for you right now. God, I thank you for my friends that watched online today. Help each of us to take really clear next steps. God, we're, we're telling you today that we trust you and we want to live for you. And so God, help us to do that. God, I'm sorry for what we've made our lives about. And Lord, help us not to trust in our plan, but instead to trust in your plan. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We would love to see you at one of our in-person services that meet on Sunday at 8.30, 9.45, and 11 a.m. If you feel so inclined to give, you can do so at www.graceriver.cc. Have a great week.